click drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time with joe mcclain and emily alcaraz praise be to jesus christ Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, got very little sleep last night thanks to Candle Mass, or Candle Miss, as all the coolest uh, Catholics would say. Uh, but uh, what a wonderful opportunity to, uh, to receive the blessings uh, and the grace of such a wonderful, uh, holy mass procession i mean it was just so incredible the smells and the bells gotta love it god is so good i don't know if you went to kendall mass last night or had the opportunity but uh boy i wish uh i wish you could let us know that you know one of the ways you can do that is by hanging out with us on our live video streams on facebook youtube or twitter you can search for catholic drive time or grn online one of the two great way or to do station that. of the cross that's right we are live streaming on facebook.com forward slash the station of the cross. We'd love to hang out with you there. So if you're in New York, Pennsylvania, if you're up in Massachusetts in that area, boy, we'd love to know the, where you're from. Where, where do you go to church? And I'd love to know, did you go to Candle Mass? It'd be great. Speaking of which, good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. How are you doing? Praise God I'm alive. Well, it's good to be here. We'll see how we how we do today on the show. And Absolutely. Candle Mass was beautiful last night, though. Emily, uh, good morning to you. Did you make it to Candlemas? No, I had a class. I couldn't make it. Oh, the old, I have school excuse. Okay. <laughs> hmm All right. Uh, great show lined up today. We're going to be covering quite a, we're going to be, we're going to be kind of uh, very eclectic in our, in our lineup today. We're going to have uh, breaking news and stories, saying of the day, gospel of the day. In the What's Concerning Us, uh, Doug Barry from Battle Ready is going to be on the show to talk about the the Second Amendment legislation uh, that's going through the House right now. It's actually quite scary. Regardless of how you feel about gun control, you know, uh, we're going to have a conversation about what's being proposed right now and what the implications of that could actually be. And and what's the Catholic take on all that? We're going to have that conversation with Doug Barry from Battle Ready in the What's Concerning Us section. Then later in our conversation uh, in the guest segment, we'll have uh, the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film. Now, we, we talked to one of the executive producer a few weeks ago, was it? Uh, but Angelo Lubetti is going to be on the program. He's the director. He's sort of wearing like 15 hats, you know, trying to produce this project. Uh, but he's also been a part of some huge Hollywood films, and so we'll have a conversation about the Eucharistic Miracles movie and what it's like to be a Catholic in Hollywood today. So all of that coming up, plus our game show, prices are involved. There's so much to jump into today. Uh, real quick, I mentioned yesterday that we're collecting uh, emails because we're going to be doing some special stuff, some special content just for the holy season of Lent here on Catholic Drive Time. And if you would like to be notified of that or just allow us to bug you on a sort of routine basis, maybe once a week by email, we'd love to have you uh, on the team. Now, the, the nice thing is I'm also giving out a free talk by Father Bill Casey of the Congregations of uh, the Fathers of Mercy. Uh, it's a powerful talk called The State of the Union, The Church and Our Society, What You Need to Know, Where We're Going. It's about 30 minutes. It's super sharp. It's super awesome, super powerful. You can get, watch that for free when you sign up to the list. Here's a great way to do that. Pull out your smartphone, and I want you to text the letters GRN to the number 42828. 
That's uh, you just text the the number four twenty eight twenty eight, and you put in the letters GRN. You text it to that number. It'll sign you up for the Catholic Drive Time email list, and we will alert you to some special content we're putting out during the holy season of Lent. Again, text the letters GRN to the number four twenty eight twenty eight. Praise be to God in all things. We're going to be uh, taking your intentions and our intentions and asking Our Lady to pray for us by whispering them into the ear of her Son that he may draw us ever so more closely to his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The pro-life movement has won a victory for transparency in Louisiana. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry is applauding a federal court order to unseal documents and records that abortion providers have fought to keep secret. Now the public may be able to see the full record in cases where abortion providers are seeking to minimize regulation against a backdrop of documented health and safety violations, destruction of medical records, and medical malpractice. Landry alleged that the abortion clinics were fighting for deregulation even as they were violating health and safety standards. Landry said the federal court's decision was a victory for transparency and public safety and said that he will continue to safeguard women's health in the state. A North Dakota lawmaker has withdrawn a bill requiring the violation of the seal of confession. The bill SB 2180 required priests or other religious figures to report cases of child abuse or neglect to the authorities if they learned about the abuse in a confession or private conversation. State Senator Judy Lee, who co-sponsored the bill, requested that it be withdrawn from consideration. Lee said that the controversial bill had become a distraction and cited a lack of understanding about the goal and the circumstances. The local bishop, David Kagan, described the bill as one that would have, quote, made the state and not our beloved Catholic Church the moderator of our faith and our sacramental life. A Catholic priest narrowly avoided being shot in Brazil after a stray bullet pierced the roof of the church as he was celebrating Mass. The local diocese pointed to the incident as a sign of rising violence in the region. Father Robinson de Castro Cuna was celebrating Sunday Mass at San Jose Parish in the state of Vitoria on January 31st. He was about to conclude his homily when the bullet hit the building and landed at his feet. Father Robinson was recorded on camera picking up the bullet and continuing the Mass with no hesitation. The video has since gone viral in Latin America. The parish reported that the pastor has no plans to issue a statement responding to the incident. They said that despite everything, he will continue to offer Masses as normal. And Pope Francis has dedicated this month of February to prayer for women who are victims of violence. In a video released on February 1st, the Holy Father said, quote, It is shocking how many women are beaten, insulted, and raped. We must not look the other way. A study by the World Health Organization found that one in three women worldwide has experienced physical or sexual violence, and women who have been physically or sexually abused by their partners are twice as likely to have an abortion and to experience depression. Pope Francis said, The various forms of ill treatment that many women suffer are acts of cowardice and a degradation of all humanity. 
of men and of all humanity. The testimonies of the victims who dare to break their silence are a cry for help that we cannot ignore. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Eustus Takayama Ukon, pray for us. He was born in 1552 in Nara, Japan. He was born to a wealthy family of landowners in a feudal Japanese system. But after learning of Christianity from Jesuit missionaries, he converted at the age of 12. He was married, he was a layman, but this is the cool part, he was also a samurai. But when the shogun Totiyoto Hideyoshi, I'm sure I'm brutalizing these names and I do apologize for that, but this shogun banned Christianity. Takayama refused to give up his faith and he lost all of his lands, he lost all of his assets, he lost his rank, his power, and he did so willfully. They gave him a choice, and he chose to remain a Christian. He was exiled to the Philippines in 1614 when all the Christians were ordered uh, uh, deported. Takayama chose his faith over all other things. When he was in the Philippines, he contracted a fatal disease, and he died from that in February of 1615. His heroic virtue and his heroic faith, many consider him a martyr. He was beatified on the 7th of February, 2017, by His Holiness Pope Francis. Blessed Eustus Takayama Ukon, pray for us. The Gospel today comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all of this? What kind of wisdom has he been given? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brothers of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deeds there apart from curing a few sick people by laying hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is the second time that we're hearing of the rejection of of Jesus by his kinsfolk here in Mark's gospel. You know, and this comes on the heel. So you go back one chapter, Mark chapter 5. What do you read? You read about the woman who had the hemorrhage for 12 years, who knew that if she could only simply touch the hem of Jesus's uh, robe or garment, that she could be healed of her 12-year-long hemorrhage. Think about the faith that she, she didn't even need to talk to Jesus. Simply touch his garment, and that would be good enough. Kind of like the centurion who didn't need Jesus to come to his house to heal his servant. Just say the word, and I know it shall be done, right? And also in the Mark chapter 5, uh, the, the centurion's not in Mark chapter 5, but in Mark chapter 5, you get Jarius, the local ruler of the synagogue, who wants to, Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter. His daughter's dead by the time Jesus shows up and the people are mourning and crying and he casts them out and he goes and he he raises this girl from the dead. It's the powerful faith that's being contrasted here with his own kinsmen. 
So he goes to these other towns, these other villages, and the great faith of the people coming to Jesus uh, for help, for healing, for uh, reconciliation, for conversion, for grace. Compare that and contrast that to his own townsfolk who have bitterness in their tongue. Is this not the carpenter? Is this not the son of Mary? I mean, you can hear the bitterness in their tone. And Jesus is like, I can't do anything for you. You have no faith. That should sink very heavy upon our hearts today. Do we have faith? Are we, do we have the faith of the Nazarenes? Or do we have the faith of Jarius, the faith of the woman, the faith of the, uh, the centurion? I mean, whose faith do we choose to have today? Let us have faith in the Lord, because we don't want to be the kind of people where Jesus just can't help us because we have no faith. Uh, Adrian, Emily? Yeah, so I think uh, one the, one important thing, well, there's two things that I want to mention. One is the obvious thing, so I think that everybody brings up, and we've touched on them because this comes up many times in Scripture, is the brothers and sisters of Christ. Now, Venerable Bede, he says, uh, he quote, uh, I'll quote what he says here. He said, they bear witness that his brothers and sisters are with him, who nevertheless are not to be taken for the sons of Joseph or of Mary. So this is important because he says not of Joseph or of Mary, because some people will claim, oh, yeah, well, they weren't of Mary, but they were Joseph's kids from another marriage. No, but Venerable Bede said, no, it should not be taken as Joseph or of Mary. And then he goes, as the heretics say. Uh, which I find amusing. Uh, <laughs> but um, he said it should be understood to be his relations, much like Abraham and Lot were called brothers, but they were actually uh, not brothers. They were cousins because Lot was the brother of Abraham and was the brother it was the brother's son of Abraham. Uh, so I think that's very important to note. And then the second point I wanted to bring up was uh, Cornelius Alapide says that there are two things that need to be taken from this passage in regards to faith. One is that how does healing happen? Healing, uh, miraculous heal- healing happens by two re- reasons, namely the faith of the person who receives the healing and the power who which the healing comes from. So, for example, if you have faith in an idol, if you have faith in uh, these like voodoo dolls and things like that, well, these things, you can pray to them, you can believe in them all you want, but they cannot heal you because they do not have the power to do so and vice versa that we see here god had the power to heal but he was not able to because of lack of faith all right that music means we're going to go to break we're going to come back and we'll have the what's concerning us section and today we have a special guest at doug berry doug berry from battle ready strong we're talking about the legislation proposed by sheila jackson lee to uh, to really regulate gun control in a way that It's never been done before. All that and more coming up after this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Protestants argue the Bible disproves Mary's bodily assumption because Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through 23, that all will rise at Christ's second coming. But is this true? I don't think so. Sometimes there are exceptions to general norms in the Bible. For example, Hebrews 9.27 states, It is appointed for men to die once. Can you think of anyone in the Bible that might be an exception to dying once? You guessed it, the folks that rose from the dead when Jesus died on the cross in Matthew 27 and Lazarus. They would all have to die again. So it's at least possible that Mary could be an exception to the general norm that no one is bodily raised before the second coming of Christ. This passage from St. Paul doesn't disprove Mary's bodily assumption. But is she an exception? Well, that's a question we'll have to save for another time. 
I'm Corlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Coming up in about, uh, I don't know, 17 minutes or so, we're going to have a conversation uh, with Angelo Lubetti. He is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles movie that's coming out. He's going to give us an update. We spoke to the executive director a few weeks ago, so we're going to get an update on that project. But we're going to talk about what it's like to be a Catholic in Hollywood and how, to, how do you survive that? How do you create interesting content and not lose your soul in the process? So we're going to have that conversation with Angelo Lubetti here in just a little while. But joining us right now in the What's Concerning Us section of the program today is Doug Berry from Battle Ready Strong. And we're posting a link to his website, of course, uh, BattleReadyStrong.com. Good morning to you, Doug Barry. Morning, Joe. Good to be with you. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. You know, uh, I knew that there was going to be some gun proposed gun legislation, uh, gun control legislation, and we're just getting the text now. Sheila Jackson Lee, Congresswoman from Texas, she put uh, proposed a series of bills, and when I saw this, I thought, "Wow, this is a, a pretty aggressive." Uh, attack on the Second Amendment, and let me just let me just go over a couple of bullet points. I have looked at several websites this morning, uh, who who are commenting on this, and I'm surprised they're not. There's not more people commenting on this. So you, obviously, gun can gun enthusiasts are all you know looking at this, but there's not a lot of big outlets that are also looking at this as well. So I was very surprised by that. But here's a couple of points. Uh, that this particular bill, uh, H.R. 127, there's also H.R. 125, uh, that would mandate a seven-day waiting period before all uh, semi-automatic firearm and silencers, uh, a certain kind of ammunition, things like that. You'd have to wait seven days before you could obtain those. Uh, H.R. 127 provides the licensing of firearms and ammunition process uh, possession, rather, and registration of firearms. That one's the that one's the most tricky, in my opinion. And then HR one thirty would mandate safe storage of firearms and ammunition. And all of that sounds fine on the surface, but on HR one twenty seven in particular, we're talking a gun registry. You'd have to register everything you currently own, uh, and to inc- to include where you store it within your house. But here's the kicker. The bill also says that the records that you provide to the federal government about what you own, ammunition, magazines, guns, all types, doesn't matter what type it is, uh, all of it has to be registered. And where you store it in your house, that is becomes public information. So anybody could look up the where, what kind of guns you have and where in your house they're located. Um, that's public information. Very scary to people who steal weapons for a living. Uh, very scary. Eight hundred dollar a year for uh, to have a license to have these things. Uh, you have to carry insurance. You have to get double background checks and a psych evaluation to include interviewing everybody in your home. Any exes that you might have, your worst enemies could all be a part of whether or not you get a license 
for these uh, for these guns or whatever, no matter the size of the caliber or what have you, that doesn't matter. Just any gun, like a twenty-two long rifle, tiny little bullet, you still have to go through this process. Eight hundred dollars per year, essentially, Doug. And this is where I want to turn to you: is you know, the Second Amendment says we have a right to bear arms. The people have a right to bear arms. Um, that's that's a privilege, but we're turning this into a licensing process. Uh, well, actually, it's a, it's a right we have in the Second Amendment, but the licensing process seems to turn this into a privilege. As Catholics, where do we stand on this issue, Doug Berry? Well, I mean, in general, the first thing I think needs to be looked at is, you know, the whole idea of firearms. I know a lot of people have a hard time with this. You know, we I've been talking about this for quite a while with the basic self-defense conversation, the right that we have to defend and protect ourselves to begin with, because a lot of people think, well, Jesus would never have a firearm. He would never, he would never want us to worry about this anyway. So let's address that first. And I say the first thing to say there is Luke twenty two thirty six. Jesus sends his disciples out again, and he tells them, you know, take this, take that, and also if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. So he's wanting his men to be armed, be protected. You're talking about the roads and the streets and the times of the of our Lord and the Holy Land. This is not an easygoing place. There are no law enforcement to call 911 and they're there. But even today to call 911 and assume that you're going to have somebody there instantly is not a it's well it's just not a sane way to look at things. The response time very quick response time is going to be 2 to 3 minutes. In most cities like Houston, I know where you're out of, um, and other places LA, big, bigger cities Boston, New York, you're talking potentially 10 to 15 minutes. So in the amount of time that it takes for someone to come and save you, so to speak, a lot of chaos can happen. So do we have a right? Do we have a, a, even a duty? The Catechism of the Catholic Church even teaches, and I want people to look at paragraph 2263, 64, and 65. Specifically in 2265, it states that you have not only a right, but if you've been entrusted to the care of others, such as a family, you have a grave duty. And those are the words, grave duty even if it means to take up arms against an aggressor. Now, St. John Paul II writes about this in the Gospel of Life. Now, the footnote in the Catechism actually is from Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, who says that if you're attacked by somebody, you, have, you are more bound to protect yourself than the life of the other. So we under, have to understand that as Catholics, we have not only a right, but a grave duty at times to protect and defend. Mm. Now, the Constitution, as you talk about, Joe, it's a Second Amendment right. This is, and, and people just have to understand that the propaganda that's been thrown at us for years now from those who want to restrict guns or just simply want to get rid of them all for various reasons. And I think some, you know, some are just afraid of them, but there are those out there that have other reasons. And they want to, they want to turn the country into something. And we're seeing this all over the place now. It's not being hidden anymore. Much more of a socialist, communist push that's going on. And you see what happens throughout history Whenever people turn their firearms over because the government says, we're going to protect you, it always turns out bad. So I would say, first and foremost, let's understand that it was written into the Constitution for a reason. The main reason is not because of hunting. So when you hear people say, well, you don't need more than 10 rounds to go hunt a deer, the Second Amendment is not about hunting. <laughs> it's about protecting this from tyrannical governments. So, and this yeah. is this type of thing is a perfect example of how this can go bad if we're not very careful about these things. Not, you know, you were saying that. I was thinking uh, to more than 10 rounds to hunt a deer. They don't know my colleague Richard Rain in San Antonio. That guy needs as much ammo as he could possibly get <laughs> to hunt deer. I'm just, I'm teasing, of course. But we're talking yeah. with Doug Berry from Battle Ready Strong. BattleReadyStrong.com is his website. We're going to link to that as well over at facebook.com forward slash 
Catholic Drive Time, where I'm posting links to articles and everything we're discussing today. Uh, gun control from a sort of a Catholic perspective. Now, this is very aggressive gun control legislation that Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has proposed. I mean, it again, as I mentioned uh, in the outset, it changes from a right uh, that we are given under the Constitution. It says, quote, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, unquote, to a privilege like driving. You don't have a right to drive on public lands. You aren't, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, you're not obligated or or it's not, you're not entitled to be able to drive on public pr- uh, uh, roads. So we have a licensing process to that. But as far as the uh, the gun control issue goes, the Constitution says we have a right to keep and bear arms. But uh, this legislation would would essentially take that away from us. I'm reminded, Doug, of, uh, you know, my own heritage, my Scottish heritage. Uh, My family comes from the island of Mull in Scotland. And uh, we all saw Braveheart. We we saw, uh, you know, that film. It it was very uh, romanticized, uh, you know, revisionist history. But at the same time, I've competed in Scottish games on a couple of occasions in my time. And, you know, the the tossing of the caber, the the big time, the the telephone pole, the the tossing of the rocks. And all of this was because the English would not allow the Scotsmen to have swords, to have weapons. They weren't allowed to train with actual weapons. So they used farming implements to train to be prepared for when they had to go back to fight the English. And essentially we're seeing something like that now where the the people will, will have their rights removed. But here's the kicker. Let's let's go to the other side. Let's play devil's advocate here. What about the the gun violence? What about the mass shootings? What about don't we want to stop that, Doug Barry? Of course, you, you, no one should want violence. In fact, the number one rule in any self-defense training is diffuse situations, try to step away from violence, to try not to let it happen. And the better trained you are, the less likely you are to fall into violence. The better trained you are, we do this through our BattleReadyStrong.com website. We have a couple of training courses out there, a monthly online course and a one-time course you can buy that goes through basic things like it's spiritual and physical training. And one of the things we emphasize is the better trained you are, the less likely you are to have a problem because you're putting steps in place that help prevent it from from happening in the first place. But let's look at this, though. No one wants gun violence. Of course not. But the gun violence is not coming from law-abiding citizens, by and large. You're going to find, and the numbers bear it out. We don't have time to get into all the details of the numbers. Criminals do not care about these laws. They never have. This is absolutely one of the most ridiculous approaches to take that we're going to put these restrictions on. We're going to charge massive fines, make people go through. I think HR 127 also talks about needing to go through 24 hours of training. Yes. I mean, or whatever it may be. You're talking about the registration. You're talking about training and cost expenses of the average citizen who by and large is not going to be your problem. Okay. This has all again been shown and proven. The problem with gun violence is much more of a moral issue or a mental health issue than anything else. There are hundreds of laws on the book already to address with regards to, uh, you know, gun registration training and so forth, not registration, but specifically, you know, making sure you're going through a background check of some sort. Look, if I go buy a pistol or something, I mean, I got to go through some sort of a check. You want to make sure you're not a felon and so forth. I mean, there are all kinds of laws and other things in place. They constantly are trying to squeeze this out to make it impossible. So like you said, Joe, I think you're right on on that point. Instead of making this a right, let's make this a privilege. you got to prove yourself. I mean, there are places in this country where you at counties where you have to write a letter and submit it to the city council. 
this is out east, more like Maine, Massachusetts area. You got to write a letter to the city council, submit it. They have to agree that you are in a situation where it's okay for you to own a gun in your own home. Well, that's really what HR 27 talks about. Yeah. In order for you to get a license to own a gun in your home, not conceal carry, right. but in your home. Yeah. Because of the gun, uh, trying to stop with gun violence, that is not the root of the problem. The root of the problem is always going to be a moral issue or yeah. a mental health issue far before it becomes uh, an accessibility issue. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Ultimately, will this solve the problems that we're hoping to solve? Gun violence on a, on a scale, right? Well, I don't believe it will. I mean, look at Chicago. Look at the gun violence that comes out of the Chicago area every single weekend. Every Monday, there, there's some outlet reporting the number of people who were shot uh, in the Chicago metro area. And it's always terrible, right? I feel so bad for these people who have to live in, in uh, those situations and have to face this level of gun violence. But, the, what, you know, I was watching a YouTuber yesterday talk about this, and he pointed out that essentially if this gets passed and they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the White House, if this legislation gets passed, you know who it's really going to hurt? It ain't going to hurt rich people living in fancy neighborhoods because they can afford to go through all of this. They can get people to help them through this process. It's going to hurt, he said, the working Moms, the single moms living in poor neighborhoods that uh, want to defend themselves and defend their children, they're not going to be able to afford this. They're not going to be able to afford to take the time to go through this. It's going to uh, hurt the people who are less off financially. Uh, and so it's legislation that won't necessarily fix the problems they're out to fix because ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, criminals aren't going to follow the law anyway, no matter what the law says. It's illegal to murder people, and still people murder people, right? I mean, that that's uh, a right, fact right. of life. Um, but uh, just about uh, a couple of seconds left in our interview here with Doug Berry, BattleReadyStrong.com. Doug, well, give us uh, the elevator pitch one more time on your website. Last pitch here. Go to BattleReadyStrong.com. We have two courses out there. One's an online training course. It's a monthly course, and there's no contract to it. Just take, take a look at it. Try it for a few months if you like it. One is a one-time buy course, Battle Ready Emergency Preparedness course. We address a lot of these types of things. Be better prepared, body, mind, and soul for the things we're dealing with. All right, Doug. i got to cut you off. BattleReadyStrong.com. God bless you, Doug. Thanks for being on our program. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have uh, breaking news and stories. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Christians have committed some of the worst atrocities in history, far worse than the supposed savages and heathens that they converted to Christianity? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, It is very right to rebuke our religion for falling short of our own standards and ideals. But it's absurd to pretend that Christianity fell lower than other religions that professed the very opposite standards and ideals. In other words, the savages and heathens have had some pretty savage and heathen ideas and practices from minor maltreatment all the way to human sacrifice. Chesterton says the Christian has not been worse than the heathen in an absolute sense. The Christian is only worse because it is his business to be better. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, Search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network.
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. I'm Emily Alcaraz. Today is February 3rd, Wednesday, and here are your headlines for this morning. The South Carolina Senate has passed a bill banning abortions on babies with beating hearts. The bill requires anyone committing an abortion to first perform an ultrasound to test for a fetal heartbeat. If one is found, aborting the baby anyway would be a felony for which an abortionist could lose his medical license. The bill contains exceptions for rape, incest, medical threat to the mother, or fetal abnormalities deemed incompatible with life. The state Senate passed the bill 30 to 13. The state reported with one Republican and one Democrat each breaking ranks to vote opposite their party. The legislation now moves to the House where it's expected to pass easily and then be signed into law by the state's Republican governor. Ron DeSantis has become the first Republican governor to unveil legislation cracking down on big tech. The Florida governor on Tuesday tore into big tech companies, calling them enforcers of preferred narratives, whose economic interests are not in the public interest. In a lengthy speech announcing new legislation to protect the privacy and free speech rights of Floridians from Silicon Valley. The governor announced new legislation intending to limit social media companies' ability to sell user information to advertisers for a profit and taking action to protect social media users amid accusations that Facebook and Twitter engage in censorship of certain viewpoints or information. DeSantis also announced several proposals to ensure that tech companies do not engage in political manipulation by manipulating news content and designing algorithms to give the upper hand to their candidates of choice. Captain Tom Moore, the veteran who raised millions for the NHS, has died at the age of 100. Known affectionately as Captain Tom, Moore raised almost $45 million by walking laps in his garden last year. His exploits united a country frozen in lockdown and made him an unlikely celebrity late in his life earning him a military promotion, a knighthood from Queen Elizabeth II, and a number one single. Moore tested positive for the virus and was taken to a hospital on Sunday, suffering from breathing problems after being treated for pneumonia, his family said. The Archbishop of Canterbury said that Moore was the very best of us. Where he walked, a nation followed. And Pope Francis has added four new liturgical memorials into the Roman calendar. The Congregation of Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments released two decrees on Tuesday. One inscribed the memorials of Saints Martha, Mary, and Lazarus into the Roman calendar on the July 29th. In a separate decree, Pope Francis inscribed three optional memorials in the Roman calendar for three doctors of the Church, St. Gregory of Narek, St. John de Avila, and St. Hildegard of Bingen. This means all liturgical books around the world will be updated with the prayers and texts proper to these three companions of Jesus and the three doctors of the church. I'm Emily Alcraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, Real quick, before we jump into our conversation, I want to invite you to join the Catholic Drive Time email list uh, and give me permission to harass you at least once a week in your email inbox, but sometimes more. You know, that's fun. But to do that, to incentivize you, I'm giving a free talk from Father Bill Casey from the Fathers of Mercy. It's a powerful, short 30-minute video of him that he gave a special talk 
off just to uh, to us back in, I think it was November, called the you know, State of the Union, the church and our society, where we're headed and what you need to be thinking about and doing. And you can get that free right today, right now, by pulling out your smartphone and text. All right, so all you got to do is text GRN to the number 42828. If you text those letters, GRN to the number 42828, you'll be able to sign up to the Catholic Drive Time email list and get uh, get a link in your inbox to that talk right away. But uh, we're going to do some special stuff during the Holy Season of Lent, and I want to be able to alert you to that. So uh, join that list uh, at your convenience. That would be great. You can also find it linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Joining us right now by Zoom chat is Angelo uh, Labuti. He is the uh, director of the Eucharistic Miracles film. We interviewed the executive producer of this film a few weeks ago. You can find the uh, details on this at christianchannel.com forward slash eucharistic hyphen miracles. Uh, good morning to you, Angelo. Good morning. Good morning to everybody. Now, thank you, thank you for having me. What part of the planet are you in right now? Are you? It looks dark where you're at. So, are you, are you in a, on the uh, West Coast? Are you in LA? I'm in California. Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, so oh, it's, it's very early, early for you. Extra credits for penitential. Thank you for uh, getting up. Lack of sleep. Praise be to God, Angela. We're so grateful to everything you. for God. Everything <laughs> for God. Amen. I like this guy. <laughs> uh, before, you you have a pretty interesting background in Hollywood. I want to conversate uh, with you about what it's like being a Catholic in big Hollywood productions. But before we do that, let's talk about the Eucharistic Miracles film. Uh, you're the director. Sure. Where are we at on this project right now? So um, it was the other day was the last day for the general funding. I mean, we still we still uh, asking if people want to keep sending money. I mean, that's to be great. I mean, but now we are we are just start to create a more tight budget for the filming days and uh, and planning everything. I mean, uh, uh, so in this way we can start to booking location. We can start to renting. The costumes uh, get all the actors uh, uh, on board. Uh, um, so this this kind of week, this couple of weeks, is going to be all for planning uh, um, everything else. Yeah. What kind of budget do you have to have to pull off uh, a production like this? Well, that's 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 why we. we uh, we say that I mean that I mean uh, the budget we generally ask it, that I mean so with the one we reach out was two hundred and fifty thousand, mm. but uh, as anybody knows, I mean it's like that's uh, it's we we did this so tight because I mean most almost everybody is not they are they are all good Catholics that I mean that uh, they love uh, the message we are going to make in uh, so they, they decided to to doing like a asking no money. I mean, so myself too, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to, I don't take any money because I mean, it's like a, just my year, because this is going to be almost going to be long one, one year long. Wow. That's, is not even fit. Like a, all this budget doesn't even fit my own budget. Uh, so if I get to pay, I mean, that's what's going to be. Uh, so we all try to uh, donate our own time as an artist and uh, anybody else. There are so many people from, uh, from 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 the churches, uh, they are they are willing to helping us to to cover almost every function of this uh, uh, development uh, of uh, of this filmmaking. Yeah. 
We're talking with Angelo Labuti uh, about the Eucharistic Miracles film that uh, you can find more information at christianchannel.com forward slash Eucharistic hyphen miracles. It's a fascinating project. You've exceeded your budget by the grace of God. Praise God. You've exceeded your budget. What what can you tell us about the finished product once you get there? I know you're a long way from that point, but what could we expect to see when this finally releases? The the vision is that to making a, a different abuse. I mean, it is a kind of a, a, a documentary. But I mean, we interview impaired people, and uh, the Ray is going to be flying. Uh, is going to be our Indiana Jones. <laughs> to try to fly in different places uh, and uh, uh, interviewing uh, everybody that they can help to win every blocks that uh, any non-believers or uh, a Protestant uh, or atheist uh, or lukewarm Catholics have uh, to understanding uh, uh, this amazing concept about Christ being uh, in the Eucharist. Uh, so it's going to be this journey, uh, almost like, a, I don't know if you guys saw the movie, uh, The Case of Christ, mm, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which was, I, I think, I mean, uh, besides the little Protestant aspect, I mean, it was so beautifully done. Uh, so we want to make it like that kind of journey where uh, Ray is traveling to try to disproving this um, uh, wrong concept of, for uh, uh, our brother uh, our protestant brothers and non-believers mm. and yeah. uh and in the meantime we're going to add in these uh live action uh, uh clips from uh all the um bible passes uh, that uh, cover the teaching of the church uh, in a matter of uh, the eucharist now angelo this is not your first rodeo you've worked on many different films before and obviously this is a very different project but i'm just curious what is it like to be a devout catholic in i mean i can tell you i can see you've got your scapular you've got the statues behind you you seem very devout what is it like to be a devout catholic in hollywood it's uh yeah it's i think more recently is getting worse and worse uh, and i think that's why i kind of uh, thought okay now it's time i mean i can I can I can always keep in uh, be politically correct. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, at the beginning was pretty pretty normal. I mean, I think there was uh, I mean there was no as bad as as now. I mean, I'm talking about like 35 years ago. Mm. Uh, now it's it start to get in. I mean, it, I mean they are so all, all over the top. I mean, there's one time I I, I told one time this story. I was. Uh, uh, on the on the Disney production, Angelo. King. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, we're gonna. That music means we got to take a short break. So I'm gonna come right back. Sure. We're gonna let you take off right where you you started there. Uh, but uh, don't go anywhere. This short break, we'll have more conversation with Angelo about uh, not only the Eucharistic Miracles film, but also about uh, what it means to be a Catholic in Hollywood, to be a part of big movie productions and. And to maintain our faith, all that and much, much more of Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. 
For some couples, praying together is very natural, but for others, prayer may feel awkward or forced. The truth is, there is real power in spouses praying together. So how can couples pray together more? You can begin by blessing each other and your children in the morning, or engage in communal prayer together, like the rosary or the mass. You can also ask your spouse, how can you pray for them? Intercede for them and their needs throughout your day as you are driving or cleaning. When parents need guidance in making decisions for the family, this is when the two of you should come before the Lord in faith and ask for help. And when you fall or make poor choices, you should also repent together and ask the Lord for His forgiveness and mercy. Growing in your prayer life is an essential way to develop and deepen your relationship, but also a way for you to support your spouse and love them more profoundly. A threefold cord is not easily broken. To hear more, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. We're having a conversation with Angela Liburi, uh, uh, who is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film we've been talking about. He's, but right before the break, we, we were asking what it was like to be a Catholic in Hollywood. And Angela, welcome back to the program. You were, you were starting to say and share a story about how it's getting a little harder to be a Catholic in Hollywood. Uh, can you maybe uh, share that story with us now? Sure, sure. So I was, I was, I was telling that minute, the minute that day I was, I was at, at the Lion King, working on the Lion King movie, and uh, I, we start to, we, everybody sit down in, in a room, and uh, we are talking about uh, the conversation that to go into the, to the abortion, mm. and. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, me, I'm friend with uh, um, David, the guy who did all the videos about against Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Uh, oh. So I kind of, I kind of step up and say, look, I mean, that's is totally, it's pure evil. I mean, and, I exp- and explaining all my reasoning and uh, Amen. I kid you not, in a in a blink of a second, all studio were around me. Like, like, almost <laughs> oh, like a shark no. attack me. Wow. Like, so, what are you talking about? This, this is fake news because, uh, oh. because, because, and they show me all these websites and say, look, I don't care what, what, what the stupid website you bring in. I mean, <laughs> David, 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 David is, is, is a really good friend of mine. I mean, it's, 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 if you think that those videos was, was cut, uh, let's go, let's go to his house now. Let's go to this house and let, 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 let show you the full length of the videos. Amen. So, I, mean, yes. I want to show you how full you are. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> so, but it's, uh, I mean, we went through over and over and over. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't step back. I mean, I, like, I don't, I think when you, after you've done so many movies, I mean, you don't care anymore about, and plus more, the, I grow in the faith. And I mean, I was blessed to be really close to Father Chad uh, Rippinger, I mean, and uh, many other amazing theologians. Uh, Wow. Uh, so uh, my faith, I think it was pretty, plus in my past, uh, all my families, it was being super close to San Padre Pio. Oh, my, no my, way. My Praise God. My godfather was his personal assistant for 25 years. Really? <laughs> That's I, amazing. I, I, That's I awesome. Kind of like a, 
Uh, he's yeah, uh, yeah, was, he's my he's my confirmation saint. He's yeah. mine as well. I really? love him. <laughs> yeah, wow. if you see those pictures, these pictures yeah. here, all picture about him and my and my, my godfather. I mean, wow. like a, uh, he <laughs> was cool. like a, you can see the only picture that is next to Padre Pio bedroom yeah. is about my godfather and uh, and Padre Pio and explaining that beautiful relationship they had together. Wow. wow, he you know yeah, was wow. he was crazy. talking about Lion King and all these big Hollywood productions. I I like okay whatever. Padre Pio, Padre and Pio. I got <laughs> real giddy super fast. <laughs> I'm like Padre Pio, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was born there uh, at the hospital of of uh, San Giovanni Rotondo. Wow, uh, I got baptized there. Uh, I got communion there, and uh, and uh, and I got married there as well. So I covered wow. up. Hopefully. When I go to die, I go to be there too. So it's going to be all <laughs> yes. praise God. Amen. That is awesome. What wow. a cool story. That's that, incredible. Yeah, for sure. Emily, I know you had yeah, a big question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So we wanted to ask about the movie. I'm so curious. What sort of research um, are y'all doing that is informing the way that you're going to depict the Eucharist? Like, are you reading uh, theologians, doctors of the church, scripture? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I want... One thing for me always bothered me was uh, that even uh, the movie that I mean, most of us considering the super Catholic, uh, which is uh, a, the Passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. which uh, is actually not really because uh, he's kept uh, all these beautiful passages about about the Eucharist. I mean, we don't see the John six in uh, in uh, a, the Passion of Christ. And I mean, uh, a, there is a. The Last Supper and the Calvary that was beautifully done, but they didn't uh, really. I don't. I mean, basically for the theology. I mean, I've been studying. I mean, there was not really uh, showing and, and really almost put like with a, a, a marker those beautiful points. I mean, so I've been. I have. In, I, I've been. I have here a pile of uh, all uh, Saint, Saint Thomas. Uh, Aquinas uh, a commentary, I mean, for John and do it. I, mean, I like this guy more. Oh, more we than love than Aquinas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, his commentary is like a one phrase. There are 20 pages. And I mean, so. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, a, and then another one really beautiful uh, in is, is the life of uh, oh. Jesus oh, Christ. You're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. Hold on. Uh, is can it, you is another gem, I mean. What was the title of that second book? The second book is The Life of uh, of Christ by Fulton Sheen. Okay, Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen. We covered it over. I want to make sure our listeners heard the title there, Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen. Fantastic resource, yes. uh, by the and, way. And as well, like, it's a Catholic, I mean, but mostly, like, a, this, if you're going to see the script, I mean, uh, it's, uh, we have all the, do I, do I reign, I based the, the dialogue for do I, do I reign Bible. Mm. So that's is what, we believe that I mean, it probably is most close to uh, the, the right version of uh, the Bible. I mean, and then I put, I filled up all the gaps with all the commentary, with all the life of Christ for Fulton Sheen. Because some, some stuff he came up with, okay, out of this world. I don't know. People that didn't, never read this book. I mean, it's another beautiful gem of mm-hmm. our faith. Mm-hmm. And plus with the church fathers as well, teaching. I mean, so it's like a, Everything is filled it up, and when when I, I made the read for the first time, so the actor is going to play the Christ. He he started to say, "Dude, I never read, I never saw this. What in the world? I this is too much, man. I, I, I want to keep you reading it. I, I want to keep you reading it, but it's like I, I, it's, 
I, I can't handle too much in once. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like and I said, man, it's like, I didn't read it. I, I didn't wrote nothing technically. I just do, did the montage with uh, yeah. what right. all these great saints have. And uh, I think it's something important for probably the audience probably didn't know, but the commentary of uh, uh, St. Thomas de Aquinas uh, are two main saints. Uh, two apostles appear to him, mm. St. Peter and, uh, and Paul. And uh, so they, they explained it to St. Thomas all some of the Bible passages was hard to understand. I mean, so I mean, we we really having some amazing uh, description. I mean, uh, there about some detail and understanding about the theology behind it. I mean, so yeah, so powerful. You're really speaking my language now, and I want to dive deep into this. But I have a a question that's a little bit off uh, off of that topic. Um, but I totally wish I could talk about this like all day. Uh, two things. One, have you read Venerable Mary of Agreda's Mystical City of God on uh, on this topic, on the life of Christ? And two, uh, how do y'all plan on visually depicting the transubstantiation on camera? I know in the trailer for y'all's uh, movie, y'all talk a lot about how y'all are planning on using CGI and animation to create a transubstantiation or to show it uh, to people. How do you plan on doing that? Uh, uh, yeah. Sure. Uh... I think, uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to reveal it too much, I mean, but mm-hmm. uh, I think, I mean, because, I mean, there are, uh, as I've done in the past as well, I think I, I cover almost every aspect of the filmmaking. Uh, I started really, really young. I was the first guy on Disney. So, uh, and then I, I did the storyboard concept, uh, comics, uh, uh, 3D modeling, uh, special um, um editing all this kind of stuff all together i mean so we are going to creating some of the anatomical body part of christ uh, and uh is going to be able a good uh, merchant i don't know if you've never seen the movie um the one uh, the one uh, with uh, the actor that they play they play they play like uh, iron man uh, as a junior i mean when uh, he's a sherlock holmes sure oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can start to go in through in the inside oh. of the body. And, and they show the bones the breaking and, and all of that. So that's the level of uh, of uh, special effects that you're going to be employing for this movie. We Absolutely. We try. That's why, I mean, and that's why it's an invitation for all the uh, Catholic followers. I mean, the, the, mm. the, the more we we commit with all our heart to this movie. Uh, so everything so you're going to donate, the more you're going to be put, the more you're going to be able to have the best people to work to work more deeply. I mean, we can reach levels that, I mean, they are never seen in a, in this faith. I mean, but it's all about the helping. I mean, what you guys have done, given so far, was just to be able to do the minimum things for me, but there are so many more beautiful layers we can go, even within the acting for these uh, beautiful Bible passes. I mean, because there, is, there are level uh, of theology that i mean we can cover mm. and uh, for example there's one beautiful thing i mean i i, I love it uh, is uh when uh, at john six uh, and uh, i kind of like i said to say okay that's i like the idea and i try to push it on the script uh, and then i i read it was not my idea it was actually 
and Thomas Aquinas actually explained it <laughs> the same way I, I, I kind of thought that time. was my idea. Nobody and would have <laughs> known, Angelo. You could have totally taken credit, and everybody would have been, okay, great. He's honest. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so there was this idea about, about the boat, mm. that the boat, they arrive uh, on the location when uh, uh, Jesus did the breaking of the bread. There was just one boat. The one boat represented one church, which was technically was the boat of, of St. Peter. Yeah. And, uh, and, when, uh, and, and there was no other boat, which uh, that was like the only church. And then after that, it's beautiful when he goes to the other side. And then when he go to do this, the talk, uh, when he walks on water and uh, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he's going to talking about this is my, my flesh, if you don't eat, blah, blah, blah. Other boats, they came. Right, but then when he spoke about the truth, everybody left. So the, what oh. remained, the one church boat. I mean, so there is so much wow. beauty mm. in our faith. And I mean, it, I mean that well, uh, it's uh, in all these movies that have been done so far, they've always been missing, and it's so sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are uh, just about out of time now. We've been speaking with Angelo Labuti about the Eucharistic Film Project. I want you to check it out, dear listener at uh, christianchannel.com. We're posting a link to this project over at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time as well as on the Station of the Cross and on the GRN Online uh, side. And I think we might even be posting it into YouTube right now. But to Angela Labuti, thank you for your time. And we encourage everybody to donate to this project because the more, the better. And it's going to be a powerful witness to the uh, to the Holy Eucharist, uh, the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Angelo Labuti, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for being on the program today. I God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was fun, boy. St. Padre, P.O. Blue is away. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is coming up. If you can hang out with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or on GRN Online, the game show is next. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future 
picked up that same book and read It Was Raining Cats and Dogs Outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Story. Three little pigs were listening to Catholic Radio on the GRN and heard that the GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. So they went to grnonline.com, bought five tickets for $100, and waited for their name to be drawn at the end. So, who's your favorite GRN station manager? I like them all, but especially Joe McLean. Confessions at 5. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Good morning to you. Praise God. We're doing better than expected, I would say, considering how uh, how little sleep at least Adrian and I got last night due to Candlemas. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Well, I was really tired to begin with, but after the interview last hour, yeah. well, I am like super hyped. So, you know, got to check out that last hour. Uh, of course, Emily Alcaraz is here as well. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Yeah, praise God. When Angela Labuti was talking about you, so I was on all these big Hollywood films. You've heard of all of them. The Lion King, G- G- Guardians Avengers. of the Galaxy. I don't remember what else he was on. But like these huge films. But then he said, oh, yeah, and my uncle's the you know personal assistant to Padre Pio for 25 years. I was like, what? That's crazy we awesome. We all flipped out. <laughs> I mean, that was just cool. So we'll be posting that conversation uh, by itself as a video on our YouTube side and on our Rumble side. I would highly encourage you to go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get the uh, links to all of our social platforms. But uh, hang out with us on Rumble a little bit. Make sure you subscribe and like. It's a great way to overcome some of the algorithmic woes we've seen on YouTube as of late. But while you're there, by the way, uh, you can get access to a fantastic and powerful talk by Father Bill Casey, uh, the State of the Union, the Church and Society, where we're going, what you need to be thinking about and doing. You can get access to that right away by signing up to the Catholic Drive Time list. There's a form there on the website you can, uh, you can actually fill out and get access in your email inbox right away. But if you're on radio, you can pull out your smartphone right now, and if you text the letters GRN to the number 42828, just text GRN to 42828, and you will be able to join the Catholic Drive Time list as well, where I can harass you at least once a week 
And I'm not even kidding. I mean, you know, we're going to update you as to what's going on here at Catholic Drive Time. But we want to do some special content just for the holy season of Lent. And we want to stay informed, and we'll send that to your inbox. So joining the list helps to do that. But in this hour, we are going to have uh, the game show, of course, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have wonderful opportunity, uh, three more chances at the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. And, of course, this week's sponsor is the Tiny Saints Prize Box. You know, last week I got that wrong, I don't know, a dozen times at least. This week I've written it down, it's in front of me, so I'm going to get it right. Tiny Saints Prize Box is sponsoring our our prize this week. We're very grateful to them. So stick around, get the phone number ready so that you can be our contestant. First caller always gets in. But of course, breaking news and stories, saying the day, gospel, and the Holy Mass starts at 7.30 while we hang out on the after show on live video on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. That's the program this hour. Hope you'll join us for the whole thing. Let's begin with prayer. We're taking your intentions and uh, combining them with our intentions to pray for our radio apostolate, to pray for our team, for our country, for peace in the world, for the uh, conversion of the heart of President Joe Biden, a Catholic, on the non-negotiable issues, and, uh, and just, you know, for your family. So let's pray. Ask Our Lady to intercede for us by whispering these intentions into the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The pro-life movement has won a victory for transparency in Louisiana. The Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry is applauding a federal court order to unseal documents and records that abortion providers have fought to keep secret. Now the public may be able to see the full record in cases where abortion providers are seeking to minimize regulation against a backdrop of documented health and safety violations, destruction of medical records, and medical malpractice. Landry alleged that the abortion clinics were fighting for deregulation even as they were violating health and safety standards. Landry said the federal court's decision was a victory for transparency and public safety, and said that he will continue to safeguard women's health in the state. A North Dakota lawmaker has withdrawn a bill requiring the violation of the seal of confession. The bill, called SB 2180, required priests or other religious figures to report cases of child abuse or neglect to the authorities if they learned about the abuse in a confession or private conversation. State Senator Judy Lee, who co-sponsored the bill, requested that it be withdrawn from consideration. Lee said the controversial bill had become a distraction and cited a lack of understanding about the goal and the circumstances. The local bishop, David Kagan, described the bill as one that would have, quote, made the state and not our beloved Catholic Church the moderator of our faith and our sacramental life. A Catholic priest narrowly avoided being shot in Brazil after a stray bullet pierced the roof of the church as he was celebrating Mass. The local diocese pointed to the incident as a sign of rising violence in the region. Father Robinson de Castro Cuna was celebrating Sunday Mass at San Jose Parish in the state of Vitoria on January 31st. 
He was about to conclude his homily when the bullet hit the building and landed at his at his feet. Father Robinson was recorded on camera picking up the bullet and continuing his homily with no hesitation. The video has since gone viral in Latin America. The parish reported that the pastor has no plans to issue a statement responding to the incident. They said that despite everything, he will continue to offer masses as normal. And Pope Francis has dedicated the month of February to prayer for women who are victims of violence. In a video released on February 1st, the Holy Father said, quote, It is shocking how many women are beaten, insulted, and raped. We must not look the other way. A study by the World Health Organization found that one in three women worldwide has experienced physical or sexual violence, and women who have been physically or sexually abused by their partners are twice as likely to have an abortion and to experience depression. Pope Francis also said, The various forms of ill treatment that many women suffer are acts of cowardice and a degradation of men and of all humanity. The testimonies of the victims who dare to break their silence are a cry for help that we cannot ignore. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Eustace Takiyama Ukon, pray for us. He was born in 1552 in Nara, Japan, born to a wealthy family of landowners in a feudal Japanese system. But after learning of Christianity at the age of 12 from Jesuit missionaries, he converted and became Catholic. He grew up, he became a married man, a layman, but the, here's the cool part, he was also a samurai. But when the shogun, Totiotomi Hideyoshi, banned Christianity, uh, Eustace had to uh, make a big decision. Was he going to give up his faith? Or would he maintain his Christian faith, but he would have to give up everything else? He gave up his rank, his lands, his assets, his power. His, uh, his whole family was exiled to the Philippines in 1614 when he decided to remain Catholic. More important than anything else in his life. Takiyama chose his faith over his career, his position, and his wealth, and as a result, many consider him a martyr, although he was not actually, uh, you know, murdered for his faith but when he was in exile in the philippines he contracted a fatal disease and he died on the 3rd of february 1615 in manila he was beatified in 2017 by his holiness pope francis blessed eustace takiyama ukan pray for us the gospel today comes from mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 6 jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all of this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and, his, and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands upon them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the second time in Mark's gospel we see a rejection of Jesus by his kinfolk in particular. 
Now, if you go back one chapter in Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 5, you get two incredible stories of powerful faith. You get the woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, who felt that she didn't even need to talk to Jesus. All she needed to do was to touch the hem of his garment, and that would be enough to be healed of her 12 years of hemorrhage. That's powerful faith right there. And then you get Jarius, the ruler of the local synagogue, whose daughter was dying when he came to beg Jesus to come and to heal her. And while he was in the process of begging Jesus, this is where we get the woman with the hemorrhage who sort of distracts, you know, from Jesus, focus, focus, I need your help, come save my daughter. And oh, wait, pause, there's this other woman who touched my hem and power came out of me. Remember that? Well, during that, that process, Jairus' daughter dies, and servants come and say, don't bother him anymore, she's already passed, the mourners have been called, they're all mourning outside the house. And Jesus comes anyway, and he, he rebukes them for their lack of faith, and he goes into the inner room, and there with, his, uh, with uh, J- James and John and Peter, he raises this girl from the dead, and it's through the power of faith. So we see a stark contrast here. Between the woman with the hemorrhage and Jarius and and the raising of his daughter and the kinsfolk of Jesus in this little tiny village called Nazareth, right? We see this stark contrast. They have no faith. It is powerful, and it should remind us, what is our faith like today? Are we uh, having faith of like the woman with the hemorrhage, or do we have the faith of the Nazarenes? We want to be the ones with great and powerful faith. Do we believe Jesus is, in fact, God incarnate, walking among us, providing us the Eucharistic miracle every single day, body, blood, soul, and divinity? Do we believe that? Do we live like that? Or do we just take it for granted, and do we discount him, and do we lack of faith? Boy, we want to be on the right side of that equation for sure. Emily, Adrian? Yeah, so I think the two things that we can try to say uh, quickly— is uh, one the obviously the the point that always comes up is the brothers and sisters of Christ, and so this needs to be addressed every single time it comes up because it's common uh, accusation against Our Lady saying that look 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 there is brothers and sisters that means Our Lady was not a perpetual virgin. Now, as uh, Venerable Bede says that the they bear witness that his brothers and sisters were with him, who nevertheless are not to be taken for the sons of Joseph or of Mary. That's notable because it's not of Joseph or Mary because other people will say, well, trying to defend Our Lady. And they weren't the kids of Mary. They were the kids of Joseph from a previous marriage. Uh, but, you know, we know that St. Joseph was a, a virgin as well and that he was not some old man who had many marriages before or even one marriage before. Um, Instead, Venerable Bede goes on to say, we must understand them to be his relations as Abraham and Lot are called brothers, though Lot was the brother's son to Abraham. So that's very important to note. And then the second thing that I wanted to note was about the faith, which refers, which Joe was talking about, that there are two things necessary for faith. One, we have to believe uh, personally. And two, the person, the, the person that you believe in has to have the power to uh, heal. Now, that's, uh, that's how we reference to people being worshiping idols. When you worship an idol, the idol cannot heal you. So no matter how much you believe in the idol, it does not have the power to heal you. And then vice versa, even though God has the power to heal you, if you do not believe, he cannot heal you. So I think that's an important point to note. All right. Praise be to God. Speaking of St. Joseph, uh, you know, I think you guys just recorded a special interview with Father Donald Calloway on the subject of St. Joseph, and it's going to be a free giveaway 
uh, during our upcoming spring share if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully that conversation went really well. Oh, yeah. We discussed everything there is to know about St. Joseph with Father Kelly and some extra stuff that wasn't in his book. Really? And some insider information about upcoming projects that he's working on. So, Well, that's super cool. So uh, you have to stay tuned during the share All the donors during our upcoming share which will happen in March, by the way, will get access to that uh, piece of unique and very cool content. Uh, produced by Adrian and Emily there. All right, so we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with our Fear and Trembling Game Show. All right, so we have a caller already on the line. So I was going to give out the number, but the first caller's already there. But if they drop, then I'll give out the number on the other side of the break. Three more chances to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. You remember when I said we already had a caller? Remember that part? Well, turns out the caller, uh, God love you and God bless you. Thanks for calling back. But you had already played, so we, we wanted to give someone else who's not played a chance. So the good news here 
is the phone lines are wide open. We're looking for someone who's not had a chance to play the game yet. And if you've never played our game and you would like your opportunities to get into the coffee cup of divine providence, now is the time to call. So here's the phone number. It is 877-757-9424. We'll take the first caller as our contestant, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And if you're just joining us and you're you're just tuning in, you're like, what is all of this? This is the Catholic Trivia Game Show. It's a lot of fun. We have a secret and hidden agenda. Uh, So you're not allowed to tell anybody this, but we want to teach a little bit about the faith. So we all learn something new in the process. We have a little laugh while we're doing it, so we get a chuckle out of it. And prizes are involved, and it's a lot of fun. And you don't even need to know the answers to the questions, because I don't ask the caller. I ask Emily. I ask Adrian. One of them will have a right answer. The other will have a wrong answer. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make the decision to the go with Adrian? Do they go with Emily? And uh, every right goes into the cup, and we pull a winner on Fridays. Emily, what's the prize pack this week? This week, our sponsor is TinySaints.com. You've probably heard of them or seen their keychains sold at every Catholic gift store ever. But you can find them at TinySaints.com, also on Facebook and Instagram. And this week, they're giving away a very special prize box valued at $75. It's got all kinds of stuff in it, a teddy bear, a book, a rosary, and six of their signature keychains. Praise God. You know, uh, just want to remind our audience, if you've never called before, this is the opportunity. Right, so we have a caller on. I'm grateful for those that just tried to call in and be a part of our game show. If you've been a, a contestant before, then we ask you to pause and uh, maybe give it a month or two, and then uh, call back in. But right now, uh, Joan and Daniel is calling in. Good morning to you, Joan and Daniel. Thanks for thanks for being on the game show. Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Where are you calling from, Joan and Daniel? San Antonio, Texas. Texas. How wonderful. God be praised. Now, where do you go to church? St. Francis of City and St. Matthews. How? That's great. Praise God. It's been a while since I've been to St. Matthews, but I've been there on a number of occasions. Great parish. Uh, Are you familiar with the rules? Have you been listening to how the game is played, Joan and Daniel? Yes, every day. (laughs) <laughs> all right are you do you learn anything in the process hopefully you're learning a few things along the way yes yes so daniel has down syndrome he's getting ready to go to high school in a few minutes the bus will be here but we have plenty of time to play the game oh how oh. awesome well god love you daniel we'll be praying for your day to go very well but uh if you are ready then we are ready we will begin our show our game here uh, we'll start with emily as is our custom emily are you ready to go yes i'm ready are you sure mm-hmm. are you sure yes okay here we go emily can you tell me what term means striving for salvation by relying too much on one's own capabilities or expecting God to do things which he does not will to do. Okay, so this is kind of like playing God when you try to do your own will instead of God's will. So I'm going to say this is messianism. Messianism. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Uh, Let's see what Adrian has to say here. Adrian, Adrian, can you tell me what term means striving for salvation by relying too much on one's own capabilities or expecting God to do things which he does not will to do? 
Yes, so this is a heresy called Pelagianism, and the error of Pelagianism is a sin of presumption. So the answer is presumption. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for presumption, and Emily is on the hook for messianism. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Joan and Daniel, what say you? I think we're going to go with Adrian. Survey says... Wise choice. Why? Emily was going to throw you off. Did you notice how she was like totally trying <laughs> oh, to throw yeah. you off the, the trail there, Joan? You can't trust these people, I would say. Well, okay. Well, Jesus on Facebook says that I always give it away by my facial expressions, so I'm just going to cover the camera from now on. <laughs> well done, Joan and Daniel. You were not thrown at all. I, as I read that question, I was thinking, but I, how many times have I asked God to help me win Powerball? <laughs> Apparently, he does not. Will. It's very presumptuous of me. Uh, but uh, congratulations. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence uh two more opportunities here and i think they get easier from this point on so praise god for that adrian we start with you are you ready oh yeah adrian can you complete the seventh beatitude blessed are the peacemakers blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be children of god or they shall be called the children of god Okay, sounds reasonable. Are we being that specific? Okay. All right, let's see what uh, Emily has to say. Emily, can you complete the seventh beatitude? Blessed are the peacemakers. Sorry, my camera's. Uh, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. I don't really. I'm not too familiar with which ones go. But I'm going to say they inherit the earth. I think that's one of them. They inherit the earth. Okay. So Emily is on the hook for they inherit the earth. And Adrian is on the hook for They Shall Be Called the Children of God. 15 seconds on the clock. Joan and Daniel, what say do, what say you? Daniel, Daniel says Adrian. Survey says. Wow. Well done, Daniel. Two wow. for two. See, people are actually voting for me this time. That's right. Yes. 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 That's right. Very, wow. I was going to, you know, Emily, when you're giving that answer, I was thinking, have you not heard of the Gospel of Matthew? I'm just saying, <laughs> chapter five, you might, I don't know, it's, it's a powerful passage. You should look it up. Uh, yeah, very good. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Good job, Joan and Daniel. You are not at all phased by the manipulations <laughs> of Adrian and Emily. I'm very proud of both of you. Thank you. All right. Well, last you. question. Are you ready to go, Daniel? Yes. Now, this one has personal significance to me, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll get this one right as well. Should be fairly easy, let's just say. Uh, Emily, we're back to you. Are you ready? Yes. Who is the patron saint of Scotland? Ah, the patron saint of Scotland. I can see why you chose this question, Joe. <laughs> so, the patron saint of Scotland is St. Andrew. St. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. A- Which Adrian. Andrew? Adrian. Can you tell me who the patron saint of Scotland is? What was that? <laughs> uh, the patron saint of Scotland. Um, let's see. So Scotland, is that the island that's like connected to the UK or something? <laughs> the uh, island connected to the UK. Something like that. I, so geography not sure. is not, not your sure. favorite subject, yeah, I can definitely, tell. Definitely. I'm glad this is not a geography question. <laughs> um, let's see. The patron saint of Scotland. Scots like... To what do they like to do? They like to uh, we need throw. Answer. They like to throw logs, right? Yes, so we I'm do. gonna go yeah. with um, Saint. I don't know. Who, who was the Saint? Saint Bonaventure who threw a log? No, he chopped down a tree. Uh, but but you know I'm gonna go with Saint Dismas. Saint uh, Dismas. And for for reason I'm not gonna say. 
for reasons you're not going to say. Okay. That was a long, convoluted answer. So Adrian is on the hook for St. Dismas. Emily is on the hook for St. Andrew. 15 seconds on the clock. Joan and Daniel, what say you? What do you say? Andrew with Emily. Survey says... Perfect score. Wow. Daniel, you Praise did it. Three for Jesus three. Christ. Praise be to Jesus. So Congratulations. Daniel's full, name, Daniel's full name is Daniel Patrick. Into Wallace. Andrew. Oh, oh you're insane. <laughs> How cool is that? Now, b- bonus question. Do we know what the significance of the white cross on the Scottish flag and how that's connected to Andrew? Anybody, anywhere? <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know. What's, no, what's I, for, is it for purity? And he was he was uh, crucified with an X cross and not. Yes. A- <gasps> wow. Exactly. Yeah. He did wow. not feel worthy to be crucified on the same cross as Christ our Savior, and so they crucified him on a X cross instead, and that became the uh, the Scottish flag saint andrew pray for us by the way they celebrated uh, saint andrew for a thousand years before uh it was officially uh part of the uh, the scottish program there all right so that was wonderful congratulations joan. joan and daniel perfect score today uh you must feel great i mean three opportunities in the coffee cup of divine providence how are you feeling daniel i get it Woo-hoo! are you ready for school today daniel is today going to be a great day Yes. Yeah, we're walking out to the bus right now. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you on hold then, Joan and Daniel. Thank Richard you for Raina playing. Says hi. We're so grateful to you. We're going to get your phone number just in case. Uh, but God love you. God bless you. And have a great day, Daniel. At school, we'll be praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. All right. God bless you too. We're putting you on hold. That's going to do it. For the uh, game show today, and uh, we want to thank our generous underwriter for the prize pack. And one more time, Emily, who is that? TinySaints.com. Wow, praise God, Tiny Saints. We will pull out a winner on Friday. So uh, I guess two days from now, after the game show, we'll get everybody in there, stir it all up, pull out a name, and we will announce that live on the radio. The Holy Mass will begin here in just a couple of minutes across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, if you do uh, g- you know, listen to the Mass, please do pray for us. We'll be praying for you as well. But the team here, the Catholic Drive Time team, will stay on live video, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter Uh, For the next uh, 20 minutes or so for the after show of today's program, we're going to talk about all the topics that came up. The conversation on gun control with Doug Barry, the conversation on Catholics in Hollywood with Angelo, whatever's on your mind. We want to know what you think, what your comments, your questions, where you're from. You can comment on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. You can search for us at GRN Online and be a part of our program. We'd love to have you do that right now at uh, GRN Online. All right, that's going to do it. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, we'll have another Catholic Drive Time. And I believe Eric Sammons from uh, Crisis Crisis is going to be on tomorrow. We'll see you then. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome to the after show of uh, Catholic Drive Time, where we conversate about the program, whatever is on your mind, we'd love to know. You can comment either on Facebook, you can comment on Twitter, you can comment on YouTube, and we'll, we'll try to read those comments live on the air. Uh, so we, we talked about gun control with Doug Berry in the What's Concerning Us section. The, the, the legislation that Sheila Jackson Lee is proposing is, is really aggressive, or really aggressive. Now, uh, I want to start there, Emily. Mm-hmm. Adrian's wrapping up our call with Joan and Daniel. Praise God. That's so much fun. I love it when... They made my day. Our callers are so awesome. We love you guys. Um, so last night, when I was trying to uh, secure our guest to have a conversation about gun control, um, I re- reached out to my friend, attorney, and uh, political commentator, commentator uh, Brent Haynes. And one of the points he made about this issue, you know, he... Because this is, I mean, really aggressive uh, liberal uh, gun control legislation that's being proposed. I mean, like, really aggressive. So here's the thing. The Supreme Court has obviously said, you know, and defended the rights of individuals to bear arms. It's the Second Amendment. It's a right. The legislation is proposing to, to change that from a right to a privilege so the Constitution gives us the right, but they're going to move that over to a privilege category through licensing, gun confiscations, registries, background checks, psychological evaluations, which criminals won't go through anyway. Um, but here's the thing. So he says, this is what he said to me. He says, legally, the question comes down to what is reasonable. The Supreme Court has affirmed that right of individuals to own firearms, but has said that reasonable regulation will be permitted. So what is reasonable is in the eye of the beholder. Gun controllers will think it's perfectly reasonable to require psychological evaluations of somebody who owns a firearm. Elections have consequences. And I think that's a, that's a very powerful realization of, our, of the circumstance here. Now, no, nobody wants gun violence. I certainly don't. Uh, I'm a gun owner. Um, I have weapons that will defend my family in the in case of, uh, you know, like say a home intruder, uh, safely locked up and prevent, you know, so that I can uh, ensure that uh, people within my home don't accidentally hurt someone or themselves or whatever. Uh, so there's responsible gun ownership. I believe in that. I hunt. So I have, you know, a hunting rifle that I can use. There's also uh, sports, right? So there are lots of people I know that uh, like to have firearms to go shoot at ranges, you know, clay shooting, sports shooting. There's lots of that that happens. But all of this will be affected no matter what. And I can tell you, I serve in the Marine Corps. I've shot a lot of, lot of, I've shot a lot of guns in my life, a lot of rifles, uh, you know, M60 squad automatic uh, weapons. I've shot a lot. I don't want to ever have to shoot someone, especially near my house and my children. Not ever, 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 ever. I don't want there to be any violence, especially gun violence, in our communities. Absolutely not. But this, I don't think, is ultimately going to solve any of those problems. As we talked about in our segment, Doug Berry, um, the gun violence that happens in Chicago every day, every weekend, all the, 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 the macabre, uh, you know, shot counts that come out of the mainstream media on Mondays from Chicago, it's, it's, it's depressing. Those folks aren't going to go through 
these legal requirements if this gets passed. They're not going to get psychological evaluations. They're not going to pay the $800 per year to renew their license. They're not going to inform the federal government where they store their firearms within their home. I mean, can you imagine? You, you, you tell the federal government, I've got this gun, that gun, this gun. It's stored in my closet, uh, you know, at this location, whatever. And that becomes public information? <sighs> Talk about home invasions. Now everybody who's got a, a, got a gun collection is going to get home invaded because it's public information. Uh, it's, it's rather scary. And if, if we are to bring about peace in our communities... I'm sorry, uh, gun legislation is not going to solve that problem. Just, I, I feel the same way, similarly, about uh, abortion, for instance. You want to solve the abortion problem? Introduce people to Jesus Christ and help, help them walk closer to Christ every single day. Like all the prayer warriors who stand outside in front of abortion mills every single day in this country and pray and speak to the moms that are trying to go into those places— or like my friend um, Mark Houck from the King's Men, who spoke to the doctor himself, the abortionist himself, to create conversation, to create a dialogue, to create opportunity, to, to share a, an option, a choice that maybe they've never considered before. I mean, uh, Teresa Kamara, who's a frequent on our program, this is, what, this is what they do for a living. They invite moms away from that option to an option that's true, an option that's great, uh, an option for life. And, uh, and they walk with those moms every step of the way, even after the birth of their child. So uh, discipleship and evangelization, I think, is the true, true uh, remedy to the ills in society. Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is the answer. Uh, how do you guys feel about gun control? Uh, well, real quick, uh, Joan, I would talk to her off air on the, uh, the phone, and she was letting me know that one of her relatives, I'm forgetting it now, it's, it's already been a couple minutes and now I'm already forgetting, I think it was her grandfather, she said, was uh, donated the land where the salts are currently at <gasps> Oh, now. very cool. No and uh, she said that her father, her grandfather, whenever he donated the land, the uh, land was dedicated for use for education by the Catholic Church. And whenever the land was uh, no longer being used, that her, her father and many of her relatives went to the boys' school there. And after the land was being get, gotten rid of because of the diocese, the salts came in and picked it up because yeah. they were worried that they were going to uh, sell the land, basically. But it was stipulated that it had to be used for education. Yeah. And so the salts were able to pick it up. And she said she was uh, that she believes that her grandfather is in heaven looking down and so happy oh. that the salts oh, are now saying mass there. But not only that, but being broadcast across the nation and, and people all around the, yes. around the nation can hear the mass that's being said on her on his land. I remember those early days when Salt had uh, taken possession of the property, and they they built the chapel, and they were trying to they were thinking of creative ideas what they could do with the property. And I, that's when I met Father Sam Medley, and they were talking 2008 here. And uh, and one of the ideas that they were tossing about was having families. Uh, build houses or move houses. There was a bunch of houses in Corpus Christi that you could buy and move uh, because Corpus Christi is an interesting town. It has uh, feast and famine right next to each other there. So you could buy these houses and have them move onto the property. And they were talking about allowing families to come and move onto the property to be wow. uh, to live ar- in sort of around the chapel and uh, to have this uh, little Catholic community there. It's one of the ideas. That obviously didn't come to fruition, but Father Sam, in those days, he, he had these wonderful ideas of using media, leveraging media to, uh, to evangelize. I mean, it was, uh, it was fun in those days to hang out with Father Sam. We used to go to uh, 
uh, I think it was Nesty's Cafe, if I remember correctly. It's been so long now. We used to hang out there. It was a Catholic-owned uh, cafe in downtown Corpus Christi, and we'd hang out there and, and just brainstorm about some uh, wonderful ideas. And, and uh, I just really have been inspired by Father Sam Medley in, in particular. But I've known some of the other soul priests that are also truly amazing, so we're we're very grateful. Uh, yeah, and our for colleague Richard Reyna said that they uh, that he knows the uh, that Joan and Daniel very well, and that that, that they rock. So I'm very happy <laughs> that they were on our show today. Yeah. So it's awesome to learn these things. Yeah, yeah. praise God. So uh, going back to the gun control thing, um, I think the real call to action is to call your congressperson and uh, and let them know that you don't support this. I mean, maybe you do support this. I mean, I suppose that could be an option uh, for some of our listeners, and you can let us know that. You can comment on any one of our platforms and let us know how you feel on that issue, uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Just uh, search for us at GRN Online on any one of those platforms, and you can comment on the live video feed there, and we'll certainly read that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's overreaching It's overreaching legislation. Yeah, me personally, I'm a huge advocate of the Second Amendment, and the reason why is because we see that whenever uh, weapons are taken away from people that's whenever oppression starts yeah now we see this actually most clear and uh in protestant england because in protestant england they had a right for people to have weapons except for catholics and that was a notable exception because they were like well we want to make sure that people have the right to have weapons in order to defend themselves Mm. But not Catholics, though, because we don't want them to rise up. We don't want right. them to protect themselves. We right. don't want we trying to oppress the Catholics. And so that was a explicit rule that they had out there. And so we see the same thing happening in America that uh, where we are having our right to uh, bear arms, the right to protect ourselves. Uh, and uh, our friend Angelo mentioned uh, a lot about Thomas Aquinas. And Thomas talks a lot about this, the right to protect yourself. And Doug Berry mentioned the same thing that you have to we have a right to protect our lives uh, and this is very important for us to constantly pr- to protect that right because the right to life is the first and primary right without which nothing else matters. Because what is a right? Mm-hmm. A right is uh, is the duty to do something. And if we are not able to accomplish the duty that we have, and so to worship God, to take care of our families, to raise good families, we, ha- we are not able to accomplish that end to which God made us if we do not have the fundamental right of being alive. So it's very important. The vocation of fatherhood. I have a duty and obligation to protect my wife and my children, uh, to, to protect my property to some degree. But property comes and goes, right? Property is a material thing. And if my house burns down, well, I'll have to move on and find another house, right? But to, to protect my wife and children, I have an obligation to do so. Uh, and we have to take that serious. Now, that may or may not include things like firearms, but either way, uh, it's a part of natural law to defend our lives and defend the lives of those entrusted to us. Um, and this, be, this essentially makes it only a privilege of the elite. I mean, that's the real takeaway here. One, uh, they're making it so complicated that only the rich are going to be able to afford to go through all of this. And you're not going to find a lot of crackdown going on in fancy rich neighborhoods, right? Not that I'm trying to demean them in any way, but I'm just trying to illustrate my point. Uh, All citizens of America, no matter their status, no matter their wealth or or whatever, uh, we, we have the same rights according to the Constitution. And in this legislation, only the rich will be able to really afford this, and it's going to make life really hard for law-abiding citizens, especially in crime-ridden neighborhoods, 
to uh, to want to defend themselves, their families, and follow the law. And I think what will happen is, instead, what we'll see is a lot of people not following the law and breaking the law. And there's huge fines and even imprisonment involved if you break some of this stuff, if it gets passed. So this is not the answer to solving gun violence. It's really, really not. Um, it's overreaching, and it's, uh, it's taking a right from the Constitution and moving it to a privilege through licensing and through registry gun confiscation. By the way, you buy a firearm today. Uh, I bought several. Uh, you have to pass a background check. I have to pass a background check every time I, I uh, purchased a firearm. Um, so it's not like it's uh, it's not like a lot. There's a lot of free willy nilly stuff going on out there. There are, there is some. I'm not going to pretend as though there's not, but for the most part. Uh, you buy a firearm, you pass a background check. And and as far as the ammo thing goes, good luck. There's an ammo shortage. <laughs> good luck finding ammo. If you can find ammo, text me. I'd like to know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people not finding ammo right now. But uh, at any rate, uh, that's the gun story we talked about with Doug Berry from BattleReadyStrong.com. Good conversation there. And then, of course, our, our guest, Angelo uh, Libuti. And I, I still never asked him how I, if I said his name correct or not, so I have no idea. But he was a very interesting guy. Uh, he's the director of this Eucharistic Miracles film. He's wearing multiple hats, and I think one of the points he said was he's not taking a paycheck out of this project. Mm-hmm. A year-long project, all the money is going towards production, and because he was very clear to me that he has a heart for sharing the beauty of the miracle of the Holy Eucharist uh, through film, which is uh, you know his his trade, something he's been uh, operating at some of the highest levels in Hollywood for a while now. So it was a great interview. Yeah, it really was. And it was great to hear. um, I mean, he was talking about how it's gotten harder for Catholics in Hollywood. And it sounds like he's a great advocate. Like he was talking about how he really sticks up for abortion. But this is such an important project and they're being so ambitious with it. And I stick up against abortion. (laughs) What did I say? Stick up for abortion. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Thank you for catching that. Um, but I like, please, if you are listening, we're posting the links to all of our Catholic Drive Time pages. Please go and support this project because now that this is the kind of platform that we want to put the Eucharist on. And he's saying there, this is historic. There's never been a project like this that is going to put the Eucharist on such a great pedestal and with on such high quality production. Oh, and the way he shared that story about. About how he, you know, the conversation he was at, he, he was on the Lion King production. It was the movie of the Lion King that came out of, what a year or two ago, and uh, and so he was working on that. And abortion came up, and he defended David Delayden, who was his friend, and everybody turned against him. That was like that was powerful. But he's like, I don't care. That's my buddy, and you know, and and it's wrong. It's evil, you know, to witness. Like, go watch the whole video, right? Like, whatever. I don't care what you say. Like that was awesome. Like, he said, "We'll go to his house right now. You want to talk about it?" <laughs> <laughs> now, what, you know, I kind of wish we had more time with him just because there was some follow-up questions I would have liked to have asked, yeah. but it would have just taken too long. Like, uh, you know, the thought came to me when he shared that story was, um, I'm sure that as he was trying to make his career in Hollywood, you know, like, for instance, one of his movies was The Golden Compass, a movie that many Christians, I myself included, you know, boycotted because of its anti-God, anti-Christian uh, theme. Uh, I would have liked to have had him talk about what, I mean, I'm sure he, uh, I'm guessing here, total speculation on my part, we'd have to invite him back, and we would love to do that, by the way. Uh, I bet he would say, you know, in the early days, I took the projects, they were 
you know, I took the work to build my resume, to build my career, to get in. But because one of the things he said when he shared this story today on our show was, you know, there's a, you get to a certain point where it doesn't matter. You say what you, you believe. You say what you, mm-hmm. what you really think because it doesn't matter because you've built your, your, your resume by then. And they can't just dismiss you. That's kind of the takeaway I took. Did mm-hmm. you guys catch that? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of saw that. Uh, but I really think that um, that there might be there's – there's a nuance that we have to approach with working on projects in general. Um, maybe – because, for instance, I, I'm not really familiar that much with Go Encompass. The only thing I know about it is that um, – my parents did not let me watch it as a child. Yes, you have so. good I still have never seen it to this yeah, day. So I was I, not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know anything about you it. You have great parents. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and they're well aware. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, so it'd be one thing if, for instance, somebody, a Catholic, worked on a film that's like the movie that putting out by Netflix about our Lord being a homosexual. Now that is just blatant blasphemy and evil per se. It's evil in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Now that no Catholic could be, uh, could in good conscience work on it without committing mortal sin. Now a, a movie that's may not be good, but still, uh, it may have some bad philosophy in it, may have some bad ideas in it, but isn't intrinsically evil. Now that's that's dubious. They might you might be able to work on that kind of thing without being in mortal sin. Uh, whether or not you would want to, that could be a prudential question. Everybody. Can well, that wasn't themselves. even going to be my question so. or follow up with that. I mean, uh, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, my point as a father and a husband is. I'm not going to let my family go see that. I'm not going to give them my dollars. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's, I think, the real takeaway is we shouldn't support, as consumers, uh, films that want to kill God. Because that, that was the takeaway in that movie. They, want, they were on a mission to kill God. Well, I'm not going to support that. That's just philosophically inept. That's yeah. just dumb. You can't but, <laughs> no, but kill God. the conversation I wanted to have with Angelo about that was not, not whether or not he could work on the project. That's not even – that's not the – conversation it's what was it like as a christian and i you know the idea is and i'm sure a lot of people i've heard seminarians similarly say when they're going through seminary they're hiding their true uh, intentions on certain subjects like Mm -hmm. the tradition of the church for instance the latin mass or special devotions uh they don't actually share that all that publicly until they get ordained uh so they they sort of uh, go along to get along and i i'm willing to bet angelo would share like for the most part, you know, in the business, he was going on to get along. Because just by what he said today, you know, like he said, you know, at this point, it doesn't matter. I've built my biz. I've built my reputation so I can say what I really feel. And he defended David Delight in front of his colleagues. And I was like, I was blown away by that. You know, it reminded me, I had a conversation about a month ago with a parishioner at our church who is a Hollywood screenwriter and has sold, you know, big scripts to big Hollywood, knows the biggest players. And he was saying something similar to this, you know, how Hollywood is changing somewhat with the given politics. And there's more and more uh, more uh, people in Hollywood that are that are having troubles with some of the direction the country is going. And some of them are moving away from Hollywood. They're moving to like Austin, Texas, for instance. Have fun with that one, Austin. But, uh, you know, and he was sharing similar sentiments that you get to a certain point in your career, you can actually have conversations with less fear. And that, I think that's what I heard in Angelo. But the real kicker today was when he shared his connection to Padre Pio, which was really amazing. I mean, his was it his was it his godfather or was his uncle that he say was his Padre Pio's personal assistant? I think he said godfather. Did it was a yeah. godfather? Boy, 
I got giddy super fast when he said that. Uh, yeah, I, that was exciting. I fanned out on that one. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes. great conversation with Angelo uh, Liburi, and his uh, looks like his his intent for creating a solid product is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll have to bring him back on before uh, the end of the project is done. Uh, maybe whenever they're actually in production, we'll have him back on to talk about it, or maybe after he's done with production, we'll see. But we'll definitely have to have him back on. And why did you ask him to mention St. Thomas Aquinas once every 30 seconds? I actually texted him while the show was going on. I was like, hey, mention Thomas Aquinas and Fulton Sheena as many times as you can. Now, Fulton Sheena, amen. But Thomas Aquinas, really? What's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) Nazi. Fulton Sheen was a a Dominican, right? You you outed that, right? Uh, It wasn't a gospel passage. For those who didn't accept it, uh, Fulton Sheen is Aquinas. I I can't remember. There's no difference. No diff. (laughs) The same person. He definitely geeked out on some Aquinas there. I know that made you very happy. Praise God for that. Don't know what you mean. Great angelic doctor. Pray for us. All right, that's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time for today. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be back at it, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Uh, Eric Sammons is our guest tomorrow. He is with Crisis. I... I, I, brain fog. I went to candle mass. I didn't get enough sleep. I said crux. I meant crisis. He's with crisis. We're going to catch up on some of the stories that they've been commenting on over Crisis Magazine tomorrow morning. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. Still got great programming for the rest of this week and the trivia game show. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.